Hey, thanks for coming back and joining us on another episode here of About Fate. We have been talking uh, about different aspects of the Bible and one of the aspects we've been talking about is the Bible and how it relates to science and uh, can we trust what the Bible has to say? Um, last week, we kind of went through some of the properties of of Earth. And what does the Bible have to say about things that scientists are just figuring out? You can definitely go back and look at that uh, design and purpose. The Bible speaks on that divine origin. The Bible speaks on that. And we want, we tried to go through a lot of those things just to see uh, what God had to say uh, specifically about each and one, every one of those things. No, I'm not claiming that the Bible is a science book only, but I do believe that when we read, look at the word of God, it gives us everything that we need pertaining to life. And so if I'm going to read the word of God, I have to know that God has uh, uh, looked at, thought of me enough to give me exactly what I need when I need it and that I can trust what he's saying because he is the one that has created everything. He created the word and he created nature. So what he says about it has to be true. Uh, we're going to try to look at it. I told you we'd come back and kind of look at it some more. Uh, we didn't get to get to uh, some aspects that I wanted to give uh, that I wanted to get to without making a podcast too long last week, but um, I'm glad you came back to listen to this week's episode and we're going to kind of get into uh, science of man and we're going to kind of look at that and some of the things that the Bible says when it comes to the makeup of man and I want you to know that God talked about that how man was created and what he man, what he created man out of and a lot of things that God has said uh, we can trust and we can find in the word of God. Some things that scientists just found out or just realized uh, it was already stated in the word of God. And how would these men that were writing the Bible, how would they know? It's because God moved on them and God gave them uh, this out of world knowledge, wisdom that they had no way of knowing at the time. And so when we look at even the chemical makeup of man, scientists uh, will tell you that many of the elements that are found in the human body can be found uh, 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 throughout our throughout nature. Uh, a lot of the elements and things that are, are that you can find in the human body, they're also found in nature. When we look at the body, the body has about ten percent hydrogen, three percent nitrogen, one percent sodium. And, and you can find trace amounts of iron, copper, zinc, and all of these things you can find in nature. Not only that, but when you look at all these elements, what it does is it tends to uh, uh, come to the fact that man's total makeup is only about a dollar. The whole whole man, you like everything, all these elements that that make you who you are only comes up to about a dollar and if you start adding in uh i was i was reading somewhere if you started adding in the skin and organs and things like that you probably can get an extra three dollars and fifty cents so when you actually look at that and round it up you're only worth 
about a dollar. So you can look at those people that are on their high horse and think they're better than you. You can look at them and say, you're only worth about $5. I even heard that once you die, you're only worth about uh, 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 less than a dollar uh, worth of dirt. So when you look at that, you might as well get off your high horse and come down because you're not who you think you are. And as a matter of fact, you have to humble yourself, as he says before God, because you have not who you think you are. You can see why the angels look at us and look at these lowly creatures that God is just so in love with because you are only worth about $5 worth of stuff. But when we look at it, the Bible, uh, how they're made of properties and all the things that they're made of. When we look at all these things that, that, that go into our body that we can find in nature to, 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 to think about our makeup, we can, find that the word of God has spoken this spoke about this from the very beginning in Genesis 2 and 7 the Bible says and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul that was a time when scientists uh, always enjoyed uh, laughing at a verse like this that man became man was made out of dust and then the way we are, we look at us. We, you're saying that the Bible is right, but it's saying that we're made out of dust. This very idea would make scientists laugh and cringe at those that would be, dare to believe the word of God. But look at it now. The idea of man being made from the dust of the ground. You have even scientists and chemistry once it came into existence proves what God said all those years ago. Everything that you can find in man is in very is in our very nature is in nature the chemical makeup of man you can find in nature there's not a molecule of matter in the body of man that that can be that cannot be found in the dust of the earth look at god confirming the word and scientists not able to figure this out until chemistry comes along and they're able to realize that the word of God has been true all the time. Today, today, when we look at, let's look at another aspect of today. When we look at the blood, uh, 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 we, we all say that blood uh, in a human body is, is very important. But just a few years ago, that wasn't always a known fact. Uh, if we look at today, you know, we have blood banks and we have all these things that uh, signify the importance of blood. You may be at your job and they may have had people come like, hey, are you willing to give blood? Because you never know when someone else may be in the need of blood. So we may need your blood to transfuse to help them live. I've In my own family, I've had people that need needed blood transfusion and needed the blood of other people. And myself, I've all I've worked at lab factories that uh, uh, separate blood and the plasma and the platelets that are in blood uh, for use at hospitals and doctors and, and, and offices and surgeries and things like that. I've worked in these labs uh, that bring in the blood and separate it and send it off to these different hospitals for work. So I totally understand the importance of blood, but that wasn't always the case. That wasn't always viewed uh, as something. Blood wasn't always viewed as something that was uh, uh, very important. In fact, uh, when you go back and you look at the, the, the America in its young infant stage, 
it wasn't even believed then. It was believed that uh, people could have too much blood at some point. And what would happen is when they would get sick, you would have admit that you had a surplus of blood in your body and you needed to release some of the blood. So what would happen is these same people, what they would go to, what they would do is they would visit, uh, uh, they would visit barbers. I know it sounds crazy, but they would visit barbers and the barber would basically because the barber had a razor or they had the tools to cut open veins. They would cut open your veins and allow blood to be released because that's why you're sick because you have too much blood in your body. Uh, I even believe uh, if you look and that's, not not to get ahead of myself, but that is how we even that's why when you look at a, a barber's pole, it has red and white because the red signified that they were able uh, to cut you open and release blood in your body. And then the white signified the bandages that they would put on after they did these things. And uh, um, I know over here in America, we have uh, the blue and blue also represents a portion of blood, the way the, the veins may turn. Uh, may signify the, the veins but a lot of other countries and things like that they only have the red and the white but that's why you see the red and the white on the barber's pole is because they were signifying that you you can come here a barber barber you will let your barber cut on you not just your hair he will cut your veins to release blood from your body and so you can see that people didn't have a real uh, understanding of blood i believe it's even the story about george washington don't Hope I don't get this wrong, but George Washington, when he was getting sick, he was red in the face and looked sick in the face. And what they felt like what was wrong with him is he had too much blood. Look, his face is red. That means he has too much blood in his body. So they cut him and tried to release blood. They did this three times to no avail. They thinking this man just needed blood released of his body so it has not always been the case where man understood the importance of blood but when you read the bible leviticus 17 and 11 says for the life of the flesh is in the blood verse 14 says for it is the life of all flesh the blood is for the life thereof so even the bible had already spoken and given us the understanding that the blood without without blood in the body you won't have life you need blood and the importance of blood goes a long way because it brings nutri nutrients and oxygen to all the body. It removes waste from the body. It fights infection. And I really started to think about that. And that's why the blood of Jesus is so important. Oh, we wonder why we need the blood of Jesus. But the Bible speaks to us. And just like our natural, uh, our natural blood, the blood of Jesus gives us new life. You were dead in sin. You were walking in sin. But now that you've been covered, you've been cleaned by the blood. You're walking in the blood. You have life now. Not only that, we understand just like natural blood, it cleans the body, it removes the body, it removes waste from the body. Jesus' blood, the Bible says in 1 John 1 and 7, that it cleanses us. It, it clean the blood of Christ cleanses us. That's why I love the blood of Jesus. Not only that, it regulates. The Bible says that uh, you have to have the blood of Christ. And in Colossians one and twenty, he says, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. Oh, it brings the it settles you. It regulates things in your life. That's why the old folks say you have to stay under the blood. The blood fights off infection. 
The blood fights off wasteful things. The blood cleanses. That's why I got to stay under the blood because I want my spiritual man to always be clean. I want to be able to get rid of things in my life that I don't need. So you can see even the importance of the blood naturally, but the importance of the blood spiritually. The blood of Jesus washes my soul, keeps me clean. Fights off uh, this dirty world that I live in. Helps to keep you, settle you. The importance of the blood. Oh, the blood is very important. And it's sad that a lot of people, they didn't even understand how important the blood, the blood, the lifeline is in the blood. The Bible had already spoken, but people they really didn't understand the importance of the blood. So as you can see, uh, uh, science and the Bible work together and they're not at odds with each other. There are many more things that we could talk about um, when we talk about what the Bible gives and tells us about science and the facts of the earth. We even even now, what we're dealing with, uh, if we've been dealing with a pandemic and people talking about quarantining, that's not that's not something new. People are contagious, so we have to quarantine so others don't catch catch it and die. That's not something new. When you look at the Bible, the Bible talks about how lepers and how Moses gave the commandment of putting them outside of the camp so that other, they're, 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 they are contagious so they don't infect others that are around them. Oh, and you may say, well, I mean, that's not that's, that, that idea came from the word of God. That's something that God had already set in place a long time ago, even to the even to. Uh, uh, before you coming back, having to show yourself and being tested and being able to prove you are no longer contagious. Uh, see, that's the same stuff that we see in the word of God. The Bible talks about it in Leviticus 13 and 45. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare. And he shall put on a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry unclean, unclean. And all the days were in the plague, verse 46, shall be in him. He shall be defiled. He is unclean. That's what they say now, right? When you don't need to be around anybody else. If you're, uh, if you have this virus, you don't need to be around anybody else. You need to be away from everybody else. And that's what the word of God had already taught us how to do, how to get, uh, get rid of the disease. Let it die. Don't let it infect everybody else. Keep everybody separated. It's not something new. The word of God had already given us a lot of these things. The word of God speaks on so many uh, uh, things that that people in science feel like make the word of God of no. They feel like because they're scientists and they have all this knowledge that they no longer have to believe the word of God. But I want you to know that the word of God and science, the Bible and science are not at odds with each other. I was reading and somebody said the best way to view science and theology is as mutually beneficial dialogue partners they went on to say theology speaks to science by explaining the origin and destiny of the universe explaining why it is orderly and can be interpreted explaining why science matter helping to guide future scientific research and helping provide warrant for one scientific theory over another more when science speaks to theology by offering conceptual frameworks and analogies helpful for it uh, 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 theological concepts helping provide warrant for one theological interpretation over another and illustrating and providing further explanation of biblical teaching on aspects 
of created reality. You see, science and theology go hand in hand. They're not at odds with each other. They're not uh, to disagree with each other. Oh, can I be a scientist and still believe the word of God? Yes, you can. Can I believe the word of God and still like science? Yes, you can, because they go hand in hand and they both complement one another. As we journeyed through this over the past few weeks, you can see how the word of God is, again, now I'm not saying that it's a science book, but God being the creator of both the word and God being the creator of both nature, he made sure that you can understand who he is and he's the author and finisher of them both. He's the author of the word of God. He's the author of nature. So nature and the word of God can't, they can't go against each other. Because they were both created by God. Hope you enjoyed this part. We are still going to keep talking about things of the Bible. I think we're going to go into next time trying to talk a little bit more about the history of the Bible. And the Bible historically reliable. A lot of times people don't feel like the Bible is historically reliable because, oh, it's such an old book. And. Uh, as we talked about a few weeks ago, uh, it has so many errors and things. But let's look at the word of God historically and see if it can be historically reliable for us. So come back next time. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We may just start with the Old Testament and then move over to the New Testament. May break them up and kind of see each one, uh, take each one uh, uh, by one at a time. But I do want to thank you for joining. Hopefully you've been listening, liking this few weeks as we're talking about facts of the Bible. Uh, and until next time, let's go ahead and roll the outro. This has been another episode of the About Faith Podcast with me, your host, TJ Hawthorne. I want to thank you for tuning in. Man, this show wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for you. So why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and on all your social media platforms, share it with your friends. And until next time, be blessed.